Hi, CityCast listeners. Today, we are talking about Third Ward, the neighborhood where Juneteenth, George Floyd, and Beyonce all got their starts. We're joined by Houston Chronicle columnist Joy Sewing, who grew up in Third Ward and is raising her own kids there now. It's Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Hi, Joy. Thanks for doing this. Sure. Happy to. If somebody new to Houston or somebody who just doesn't know Third Ward wants to get to know it, wants to understand why it's a special place, what would you suggest that they do? Where should they go to get sort of a crash course in an afternoon? Oh, gosh. Um, One, I think you're going to need more time than that. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) Crash course. Crash course. Crash course. Intro. (laughs) Okay. Let me just run off a couple of things. One, Uh uh, I think one of the most undervalued, underrepresented museums in the area is the University Museum on the campus of Texas Southern University. It's a beautiful space. And uh-huh. The um, curator and head of it is Alvia Wardlaw, who is a native to our area, um, Third Ward, and has uh, she's recognized um, nationwide. And um, they have Biggers, John Biggers, um, great muralist from the forties. Yes, they have. They have um, represented a lot of students who are coming through the art program at Texas Southern, who do um, incredible work. It's a beautiful space that doesn't get the shine, um, you know, that more people need to see. And it gives you sort of a sense of Black history and Black art, right? A- absolutely. That's what's represented there. And yeah. and if you get a chance to meet Alvia Wardlaw, Dr. Wardlaw, you know, pick her brain about um, the collections there. Um, she is a, a wealth and a, a knowledge and a treasure for this city. Yes. I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, second, I would probably uh, pick a new business in our neighborhood called Kindred Stories. It's a bookstore. Um, Terry Ham is the owner and has curated and collected a just amazing book collections, all, all by Black authors. And mm-hmm. she has non, uh, nonfiction and fiction and a wonderful children's collection. She does incredible events. She just did one with um, Nicole, Han- uh, Nicole Hannah Jones from the New York Times with the 1619 uh-huh. Project. Uh, and then right next door is a comic book store called um, A Gulf Cosmo. And they both are new to the neighborhood. Um, they are in buildings owned by Project Row Houses, which is also another organization that is one would be wonderful to take a visit to off of Holman, Holman Street. Yeah. And so for people who don't know what Project Row Houses is. Well, you know, I would love to have them here to kind of s- to tell us, but they are they've been in the neighbor in our community for over 20 years, I believe, and represent um, artists and emerging artists, established artists who are doing incredible things. They do collections and installations in the row houses, um, which are typically yeah. um, little small houses that are in our neighborhood that are, you know. From the 1800s, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so major history along with art. Right. Um, yeah. Emancipation Park. I mean, you can't not come to this area and not, you know, take in Emancipation Park and understand that this is where Juneteenth was started. This is where, um, you know, a group of uh, families and Black men 
bought bought the acreage to create a park so that they could have celebrate Juneteenth. Um, so so there's a lot of history here. So let's back up just a little bit and tell people they may have gotten a flavor already. But what exactly is Third Ward? Where is it? What is a ward? Well, okay, so Third Third Ward is. Um, the boundaries have changed, um, but it was just... Yeah, and they keep changing. It's yeah, sort of a, they keep changing. A fluid thing, right? You know, it is and it isn't. It's not fluid yeah. for the people who are native, who've been there. Um, it is fluid mm-hmm. for the people who are moving into the neighborhood. Um, and it's um, the ward system. We have six wards in Houston, and they were um, created as... Well, I'm, you know, and I'm not, I'm not an expert on how, on the ward. So let me just say that. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, but it was like sort of a city council yeah, boundary yeah, once upon a time. Yeah. And ages and ages ago. Absolutely. And, and it's no longer used politically in that way. It's not a political boundary. No, not necessarily. Um, although it does, you know, you, you do incorporate it in part of your city council representation. So we are part of city council D- district D. Um, it's the largest district, uh, largest ward of the six wards, and it represents um, microcosm of, of Black life and from mm-hmm. the highs and lows and everything in between. And it's home to some very famous people who have come through here. So like uh, uh, Debbie Allen and Felicia Rashad. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, who are? Who are? Debbie Allen is an, an acclaimed dancer, producer. Um, mm-hmm. She has uh, Broadway, Felicia Rashad. Um, they are both, um, I believe, Academy winner, Oscar winners, or. Oh, Beyonce. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How can you forget Beyonce? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> early. Beyonce, yes. And, um, and one thing I want to say is that um, part of the. Um, area Riverside Terrace has been loosely a part of Third Ward. Um, people who are who have grown up in the neighborhood consider mm-hmm. themselves part of Third Ward. Um, some people don't, uh, but I think we all are kind of together here. Um, but Beyonce is from this area, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. And George Floyd grew up. And George Floyd, there, right? Absolutely. And I, I mean, this gets at sort of that range. What I find is that people weren't really interested in George Floyd until. They were interested somewhat with Beyonce, but it wasn't really doing these kind of stories until George Floyd. And that's what's so interesting about this, because I'd, I've gotten more requests to talk to me about Third Ward since George Floyd. Huh. Yeah. That is interesting. It is. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, but it's just it's an interesting thing. Where do you live? Which neighborhood inside? I, I live in um, the first part, the first sections of Riverside Terrace, which are just um, south of Emancipation Park. So um, uh, Riverside Terrace uh, spans across the bayou, across um, North McGregor and South McGregor. And I think it is one of the most beautiful neighborhoods in Houston. Well, yeah. So Riverside Terrace, just let's do the history it didn't start as an African-American neighborhood. Well, here's the thing is that I just learned and just only recently, and I've grown up here, that it actually did. It did? I did not know that. Okay. I, I'd always heard it was the Jewish River Oaks. Well, yeah? it, when it was established as Riverside Terrace. But prior to that, I mean, oh. just remember that we are just, 
we're we're just a few blocks away from Emancipation Park. That this was a yeah. an area settled by former enslaved people, mm-hmm. and so they bought. I don't remember if it's, it was a hundred acres, I believe, um, in this area, uh, and settled here. And if, so, like a group of enslaved people got well, together. Well, just like or, just just like with Eman- with Emancipation Park. I mean, you have uh-huh. families here. You know, there is what's called the Red Book of nineteen fifteen, and if you look through that, you can see all the businesses and everything that were that that spanned in this area from downtown. Uh-huh through this older part of Riverside Terrace. So, so there were, you know, that was, was um, settled as Emancipation Park. And so then around um, the early 1920s is when a group of developers decided like much like what's happening now is that this was a a wonderful Mm -hmm. area to create a, you know, a development for white people and created Riverside Terrace. And that's how it was. And that, and, and basically um, black landowners were either bought out or, you know, I'm sure back in during that time, there was not, it was probably not a peaceful buyout. It was probably a forced, I would imagine, Um, you know, I'm not a historian here, but I have talked with a historian who was very, um, has done the research and has, and has shown me documents that, that that indicate that and i've also gone to the archives of the chronicle and i found articles that um confirm what i'm talking about too so oh wow Mm -hmm. i did not so 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 as a as an official um organized development yes it was started in 1924 Uh it's riverside terrace and became the jewish river oaks but prior to that it Uh was it was land owned by black people Okay. And so the developers built this sort of ritzy neighborhood for white people Mm -hmm. that, was it during the 50s and 60s, began flipping and turning black again? Um, Well, I think, you know, the the first black homeowner bought in the 1950s under the guise of Uh being a white person. He had someone who was white in his business, I believe. Or a friend, I can't remember the details, but who bought, who was able to get the house for, and that's how he got in. Um, my yeah. my parents bought in the early nineteen sixties. Okay, so as desegregation was mm-hmm. starting to roll, yeah, yeah, and then also, you know, what people also forget is that you know we have Texas Southern right near Bowling. Whenever you have a, a historically black college or university you're going to have um a group of educated black people who have um who are professional who are you know want to buy into a neighborhood and um there is this level of you know a, a stronger middle class affluence that comes with that and okay before desegregation the third ward had had a lot of middle and upper class black people in it, right? It, it has always been an an area where um, you found you know affluent black people and you found people who were uh, of modest means. So I don't think that it was, um, you know, certainly after the fifties and sixties when more black people moved into the area, you know, you kind of saw the the variety in terms of economics. Um, but that has always yeah. been the case in Third Ward. It was never 
you know, one side or, or the other. And people, and there has been this perception, right. I think, of people who are not from here, not understanding that diversity too. Right. And, and you know, and I think anytime you have a, bl- a black neighborhood, whether, whether it be uh-huh. a lower income black neighborhood or a higher income black neighborhood, it doesn't really matter about the economics. I think there are stereotypes that, that people have because it's yeah. black. And then one thing with Riverside Terrace, you know, when you have people who come into the neighborhood, they're like, how can all these black people live in these nice homes? I mean, it's just, it's just the most <laughs> ridiculous thing. You know what I mean? You know, so. Yeah. Um, what do you think it'll be like in the future? I have no, what do you hope I, I it have is? no idea. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea because here's the thing is, you know, it's just um, you look at this at at Houston, which does not mm-hmm. tend to value culture or history. And um, I don't know. I, I hope that it is a great place that I can raise my kids who can, you know, see their neighbors and see people who look like them, um, that it's the place where we go to church, it's a place where we um, do, you know, have movie nights in, in our park and you can see other kids who look like them. I, I hope it's, mm-hmm. I hope it's still that. Um, I do know that you have a number of people here who are not going anywhere. Um, and even though we're bombarded with um, spam calls every other day or every day, um, trying to get us to sell our property. Um, oh, Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, I I I'm blocking calls like left and right. It's like you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like block, block, block. Um, yeah. But I hope people are able to hang on to their property. I hope people are able to um, pass it on to their children, next generation. Um, I certainly would like to do that, and it's what my dad did with us. And I think that's how you maintain. Um, the culture and the richness, because it's not just about the homes. The homes are great. Yeah. But these are old homes that require a lot of maintenance. And so I don't know if anybody's lived in a, in a home that's built in 1920s. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that require they require a lot of work. Okay. Uh, it's knowing the history of this community, knowing that all the businesses that were here, I mean, my, my parents, moved here and they and my mom even today talks about all the number of black businesses because you know it was still on on the on the heels of segregation and 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 um and she talks about even when they came here she said she never heard about the green book which was that movie about um a book that was that black people referred to when they were traveling through the it was the guidebook yes. for places yeah. that are safe. Yes, and so yeah. she never heard about the green book, but she said what what ha- what was when she moved here were um, uh, people would open their homes like restaurants, and uh-huh. that's where you would go eat. So there were there were a lot of that, and and then even not just Third Ward, but if you go over past McGregor Park, and so you know yeah. when you see all that and, and you realize the history of the neighborhood and you know, every, everybody who's, again, who's, who has uh, grown up here and has left a mark on the community. Did you realize how powerful that is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, and I think people have worked really hard to try to 
hang on to that because, um, you know, this, as we've seen what's happening in other parts of the city, that it's, that, um, it, that's tough to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. This has been great. Good. Well, good. Well, you know, I am not, I want to say that I am not the, um, the, the expert on third ward. I just know my experience growing up here and I want my children to be able to grow up here and to hopefully, you know, take some of, some of that kind of culture with them as they go off into the world. So. That was Joy Sewing of the Houston Chronicle. Now, I am here with producer Carly on Jones. Carly, what is going on around Houston today? Hey, Lisa. Well, this one is a little wild, y'all. A 10-foot alligator was found in the middle of the road in an Atascacita neighborhood earlier this week. The sighting was reported at North Lake Branch Lane in the Water Edge subdivision. But what's really crazy about this story is that this wasn't the only neighborhood gator sighting. Last week in Katy, an 11-foot, 400-pound gator was seen walking the streets. Thankfully, both gators were safely captured, but with these sightings happening back-to-back, you might want to keep your eyes peeled for them while you're getting in the car in the morning. That's it for our show today. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at CityCast Houston. Talk with you tomorrow. Bye. Twitter. What is our Twitter handle? It's at...